there. Welcome to the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest podcast, where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. What's going on, ladies? Uh, Merry Christmas Eve, if you are listening to this right when it comes out. I kind of hope you're not. I hope you are doing much more fun things, but maybe you are hosting or getting ready to host and you've got something out of the background prepping because... I am pre-recording this just a week or two early, on two weeks early right now, and I am hosting Christmas. So I bet that I probably would be listening to this Christmas Eve morning, like listening to another podcast. I don't listen to myself. <laughs> Let's just clarify that. But I'm sure I spent all Christmas Eve morning listening to podcasts, doing some last minute things, rolling about... 200 meatballs and all that good stuff. Um, I'd love to hear what you all ate with your families on Christmas if you hosted or ate out somewhere. Christmas, I feel like, is kind of that whatever your family does is usually the tradition kind of holiday. I know, obviously, it's an Italian tradition Christmas Eve to do uh, the seven fishes or whatever. (laughs) Sounding pretty uneducated, but I do know that. We don't do that, but I do know that. And, uh, yeah, otherwise I feel like, what else do other people do? Ham? I don't know. We always do some kind of sauce, meatballs, um, brajol, and something. I did, a couple of years ago, I did uh, homemade gnocchi, and this year I am doing lasagna. So anyways, all that to say, I'm sure I am bustling around today on this real time, and I hope you are having a wonderful Christmas Eve if you are listening to it on Christmas Eve, and I hope you get some rest and some moments of peace and quiet where you can just be reflective on this beautiful, beautiful holiday. But anyways, whenever you are listening to it, I am going to tackle just two questions today because I think the first one is pretty in-depth, almost could have been its own episode, and I just want to make sure I thoroughly answer it, so I'm just going to tackle two. Remember that you can send me questions anytime. I super welcome that. And they either become a podcast episode many times or I mash them together and do a Q&A. So you can shoot me those at fitmomlifetothefullest at gmail.com or you can Instagram uh, direct message them to me, fitmomlifetothefullest. I will say as well, I know over on my website, I've got all the options up for 2022 on how to work with me. So if you're starting to think about, I actually started getting some texts and emails asking about upcoming programs. And I do have something for you veterans who are not, you know, eligible for the beginner macro and nutrition program. I'm doing a monthly program with basically the exact same format as a challenge where we have a monthly focus, all that good stuff. I'm doing some coaching calls this year, which is brand new. I'm really excited about to just help you get your stuff together. Basically, whether you're brand new or you've been doing this on your own for a while, just so I can weigh in on what you're doing, give some suggestions, and really set you up for success in the new year. So all of that, you can head over if you want to check any of that out. But one excellent question that I got was regarding high protein diets, whether too much protein can be harmful. And this is not the first time I've had this question. Usually it comes alongside when I am one-on-one coaching somebody and we start looking at what they're eating, and I up their protein, and then many times people are like, well, isn't that, you know, bad for me? Isn't that too much? I don't want to, you know, overload my kidneys or overload my liver or whatever. So great question, and yes, I'm coming at this from, I do encourage a high-protein diet, but here's the thing. High is subjective, right? That's pretty relative. Like, what does high mean? Does high mean you know, 20 grams of protein at each meal or, or what? What are we looking at? So I did some research here as well to back this up because in my experience, anybody in the sports nutrition world, like uh, personal trainers, 
And people who are looking at nutrition and working with people who are specifically weight training, okay, athletes, but also just, you know, average people, me, you, whoever, I'm not an athlete, but I'm, you know, a mom that lifts five or six times a week usually, usually that's going to accompany a high-protein diet or, or the trainer or whoever the coach is going to promote a high-protein diet, whereas if you're not lifting weights and you're doing some other forms of exercise or something, that might not be as important. If you're not lifting weights at all and you're walking three times a week, you might not need to eat as much protein, right? That That is true. So I everything that I preach kind of works hand in hand. I always promote a balance of 80-20 eating. If you've been around a while, you know that. 80% clean whole foods, 20% treats, and working it all into macros. So I'm not solely, if it fits your macros, and I'm not solely clean eating. I think there is a balance in the middle there where if you are eating 80% those whole, clean, beautiful, nutrient-rich foods, that then you can definitely fit other things into those 20%. Tomorrow, we are going to get our Christmas tree. Again, I'm recording this two weeks early. We're going to get our tree tomorrow, and I am going to have a donut because every year at Christmas when we go get our tree, we get a donut after, and it is literally my once-a-year donut because I don't care that much about donuts, but my family does. It's a social thing for us to go together, and I don't want to sit there and just drink coffee and be like, oh, I'm very cognizant of what I do in front of them, and I don't have girls yet, but boys are affected by this as well, and I'm very cognizant of that from the way that I grew up with all of the women in my family, from like grandmas down to aunts down to whatever. It Everybody had to explain why they were eating everything all the time. Oh, I can eat this because I skipped dinner last night. Or, oh, I'm just, oh, that, that donut go right to my thighs. I'm just having coffee. I don't even want it to be a thing like, why are we having donuts but mom isn't? You know, mom can have treats without getting diabetes and without gaining tons of weight. And we can have tons, and we can have treats without gaining tons of weight and getting diabetes and stuff. So if I'm saying that's okay for my kids, then I want to model that as well. So that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> I'm not here to get into. But I believe that all of these things go hand in hand. The 80-20 eating, lifting weights, and everything else that I believe about health, getting sleep, prioritizing, all these other things as well, keeping your mental health in check. But I'm just saying it works together where if you're kind of piecemealing things, maybe you don't, if you are lifting several times a week, you are more an athletic person than you think you are. So you, I would treat you on the same lines, along the same lines as an athlete, right? So I pulled up a Harvard study, and this is right from the study, that says people that eat very high protein diets have a higher risk of kidney stones, also a high protein diet that contains lots of red meat and higher amounts of saturated fat might lead to a higher risk of heart disease and colon cancer while another high-protein diet rich in plant-based proteins may not carry similar risks. And thank you to my friend who sent me a couple of these studies. This And this was not even a study that she sent me. I think they're all talking about the same study, though, just saying that uh, one specifically with lots of red meat and saturated fat might put you more at risk. So that's something they're saying. Okay, high, very high-protein, they said, first of all. Not just high-protein. They said very high-protein diets have a higher risk of kidney stones. Not you're for sure going to get kidney stones, just you might be a little more at risk if you eat a very high protein diet. But then it goes on to say, for the average person, it's probably best to aim for no more than two grams per kilogram, which would be about 125 grams a day 
for a 140 pound person. So the only risks they're saying from that article are that you might be at high risk for kidney stones and then you might be at higher risk for heart disease only if you're eating a lot of red meat and a lot of saturated fat to get that protein. So then they're saying you will definitely be fine if you, you know, or you should be fine. It said it's probably best to aim for about 125 grams a day for a 140 pound person. Here's the thing. I pretty much agree with all of that. When I am working with a client one-on-one or in a group, what I, so this is again where I, cause I do, I, I see the, the sides of every angle. There's a lot of things holistic nutritionists say that I agree with. There's a lot of things that sports medicine and sports nutritionists and things like that or personal trainers say that I agree with. But I think, again, there's kind of a middle ground. Most sports nutritionists and what I was told when I got my sports nutrition certificate was to have people, clients, shoot for one gram of protein per ideal body weight. So say your ideal body weight is 140, then that'd be setting your protein at 140. This article is saying, obviously, you should be having about 125 grams, so 15 grams less. Basically, we're basically talking about a 15 gram discrepancy per day. What I tend to do, though, for most clients, a little bit of this varies depending on how much muscle they already have on their body or how much they put on as we work together. But what I usually go with is somewhere between 100 grams and their ideal body weight. So if somebody is 200 pounds coming to work with me and their ideal body weight's 150, I'm probably not having them all the way up at 150 calories. I'm probably meeting that in the middle somewhere between 100 and 150. See what I'm saying? So I might have gotten the same number for a 140 pound person. I very well might have started them out at about 120 or 125 grams of protein. So again, pretty much agree with most of that. Easy on the saturated fats, but high protein really is not going to do harm except for maybe put you at a slightly higher risk of kidney stones. Next, I looked up another study or another article from the Mayo Clinic. And this one, I believe, was published just this summer. It was from some article in July. And it says, for most healthy people, a high-protein diet generally isn't harmful. And such diets may help with weight loss by making you feel fuller, right? Okay, I've talked about that a lot. Protein definitely helps with making you feel satiated. It also burns calories just by digesting it, all that stuff. It goes on to say, this is not my thoughts, this is the Mayo Clinic, a high-protein diet may worsen kidney function in people with kidney disease because your body may have trouble eliminating all the waste products of protein metabolism. So it's saying, in this article, it did not even say a high-protein diet might be harmful for the average Joe or the average Jill in our case. It's saying it only might be harmful for those who already have kidney disease. Why? Because the kidneys do filter you know, our excess, our waste, all that stuff. So our, if you take in excess protein, say I do program for you to be taking in 130 grams of protein and your body really only needed 120, you are just going to excrete the extra 10 grams through your urine. So if you have kidney issues, it's going to be harder for your body to filter that out, can cause buildup. If you don't have kidney issues, most people with healthy kidneys can filter that out just fine, is my point to that. This article goes on to say, if you want to follow a high-protein diet, choose your protein wisely. Good choices include soy protein, beans, nuts, fish, skinless poultry, lean beef, pork, low-fat dairy products, avoiding processed meats. 
It also goes on to say the quality of your carbs you eat is important too. Cut processed carbs from your diet and choose carbs that are high in fiber and nutrient dense, such as whole grains and vegetables and fruit. 100%, well, there's probably something I don't agree with in there. So 99%, I totally agree with that article uh, because it's saying it is safe for most people who do not have kidney disease and the source of your protein is important, which is true. I always preach lean proteins, which is going to look like ground turkey that's maybe 80-20 or 90-10, lean beef that's 80-20 or 90-10, and we always have to, oops, sorry, we always have choices, just getting a meme from my husband, um, we always have choices. So, you know, there are times I'd love to buy 90-10 everything, but sometimes the budget is not going to allow that, so I've got to go for the 80-20 ground turkey instead, or whatever that looks like for you, but to me, and looking at the research and having followed the research of a lot of people in the personal training field with their doctorates and all of that and nutrition degrees as well, um, I have always seen their side of the research come to it is going to be all right for people who are generally healthy and are lifting weights to be having as much protein up to a gram per body weight. But again, I still slide down usually on that scale. All right, question number two, is it safe to try to lose fat while trying to get pregnant? Okay, great question because we're, you know, all different people and we're all coming from different backgrounds and things like that when trying to conceive. And whether this is you are trying to conceive your first pregnancy or you are trying for a baby in between babies and you still haven't lost the baby weight from the first baby or second or third or whatever, um, is it safe? In a word, to sum up my feelings on this, yes, it is safe. And as always, this is my take on things. This is Brittany's opinion based on the research. But it is so beneficial to be at a healthy body fat range or a healthy body weight at the time of conception and throughout your pregnancy. So if you are actively trying to conceive and you are also actively trying to lose body fat, there's it is not going to be harmful to your baby. Also, you know, if you are following, once again, most of the things I preach, like having a very nutrient-rich diet 80% of the time, you're going to be in a great spot to try to, you know, to hopefully conceive. And I know there are many other factors. So I'm not saying if you eat avocados and you eat flaxseed, you're going to conceive. I am saying when you look up diets that might aid conception or, you know, increase fertility in women, they're looking like a lot of beautiful whole clean foods that I'm already promoting for you to eat. So that's that's one thing for sure. Like if you are just trying to lose some body fat, just start with getting the the crap out of your diet, essentially. If you're taking in a ton of sugar and a ton of processed foods, you're just going to benefit from cutting that out anyways. And your baby would definitely benefit from cutting that out anyway. And you might just lose some weight if you already if your body's used to eating all that stuff. So um, again, I am going to lean on an article for this one because these are, you know, more, I think that these questions had a little more weight to them than just, hey, Britt, what's your favorite activewear? (laughs) So I did want to have a little something to glean from and to back up, you know, what I think. So this is from a Forbes Health article also from this summer. It says, a person's weight can impact their ability to conceive. Being overweight or obese can cause someone to produce too much estrogen, a group of hormones that regulate the menstrual cycle. This can trick the body into thinking it's already pregnant, thus suppressing ovulation, which is when a mature egg is released from the ovary. 
Obesity can even prevent certain fertility treatments from working. That's interesting. Uh, you know, as as always, I'm coming from a Catholic standpoint on this, so um, not going to you know speak on that. That's totally out of my purview. But I know that there are definitely some fertility things that are within you know absolutely within reason in the Catholic realm, and that is interesting. I did not know that obesity could even play a factor in that. Okay, the article goes on to say, meanwhile, being underweight can also can cause the body to stop making estrogen and affects ovulation too. I'm not going to dwell on that because we're not really talking about being underweight, but just know that it goes both ways. And I've worked with clients both ways. I've worked with clients who needed to gain body fat in order to get their menstrual cycle back in order to conceive. The article continues to say, being as close to ideal body weight as possible will lead to an easier time getting pregnant, staying pregnant, and a healthy pregnancy. Fat tissue is essentially an endocrine organ which secretes substances that, when in excess, have an impact on the metabolic, vascular, and inflammatory pathways important for fertility and pregnancy. So it is definitely optimal to conceive at a healthy body fat or weight based on all of that. It's going to be easier to get pregnant, to stay pregnant, and to have a healthy pregnancy. And then Going on to say this, the last part I'll read about it because this is, again, pertaining directly to being overweight or obese during pregnancy. Being overweight can not only negatively impact the ability to conceive, but it can affect the health of your pregnancy too. Being overweight in pregnancy leads to problems for both the mother and the child, says Dr. Hodes Wirtz. It is associated with increased risk of several pregnancy complications, including gestational diabetes, high blood pressure, miscarriage, and preterm labor. Overweight mothers are also more likely to need a C-section delivery. Okay, again, with a grain of salt, it is not saying, oh, you got gestational diabetes, so you're definitely overweight or obese. It did not say that. It did not say that every overweight person is going to need a C-section or any of those things. Ladies, we can only do the best we can do. So just take all this with a grain of salt. Take a deep breath. If you are, you know, carrying around 20, 40, 60, 80, I don't know, extra pounds of body fat, and you're sitting here thinking, oh no, maybe I should not try to conceive until I lose the the weight or lose the body fat. I don't think that's necessarily the conclusion you need to draw from this. I, there's so much around being open to life and letting God do what he wants with you and for your family and with your family that I truly believe, you know, that the size of your family, when God's going to bless you with a child, all of these things should be left in God's hands. That is the lens I am coming from. That is what I believe. We have three beautiful kiddos who are all planned by God, not us, and one in heaven that was clearly not meant to be with us on earth. So I'm very, we're, my husband and I try to be very open-handed with, um, you know, life and things like that. But obviously from the medical standpoint, doctors absolutely tell us, you know, what they believe is best, you know, for them to advise, you, it would be ideal to lose some weight before getting pregnant, or it would be ideal to let a larger gap go before your next pregnancy. So these are just all things that we should always be taking into consideration. But my takeaway back to this question of, is it safe to try to lose fat while you're trying to conceive and or when you're pregnant? I believe, again, yes, it is safe, and it is possible to lose fat even while you're pregnant in a safe manner. Absolutely talk to your doctor, and it is very, you know, important to make sure you are fueling your body and not just cutting calories. Totally say you are pregnant, but you were trying to lose weight when you found out you were pregnant. You know, do you need to stop everything you were doing? No, because what were you doing? Hopefully, 
eating a more balanced diet, you know, making sure you're not eating in excess and hopefully working out or exercising was included in that as well. For most healthy pregnancies, that is totally encouraged to be working out, doing exercise, nothing insane, you know, not taking on CrossFit all of a sudden when you've literally been sitting on your couch for the last six months. But that's the kind of thing that would be looked at as, you know, a good thing for every pregnant woman who does not have complications or who has not been told she cannot work out. Also, the calories you need while pregnant are totally relative. Here's the thing. You actually do not need any extra calories in your first trimester. You don't, you, and then it's very, very tiny, the additional cal- calories you need. It's maybe 100 calories in your second trimester, maybe 150 to 200 calories in your third trimester. But here's the thing. Once again, it depends where you were at when you got pregnant. If you were, say, overweight and eating like a thousand calories too much already, say you were averaging 3,000 calories a day and your body really only needs 2,000, is it going to, you know, be bad for your baby for you to continue watching what you were eating and starting just to eat 2,000 calories? No, because that's probably, that's what your body needs anyway. You were actually overeating before. Or, you know, do you all of a sudden, if you were overeating before, you're going to add 150 calories to that when you're pregnant now? So it's all very relative um, as to what your weight was, what's a healthy weight for you, what's a healthy amount of calories for you to be taking in. And there are some things that are just true for everybody. When you're pregnant, it is best, when you're not pregnant as well, it's best to cut out inflammatory foods, right? Like sugar. (laughs) And it's best to avoid processed foods, whether you're not pregnant or whether you are pregnant. So a lot of these things are just going to enhance your overall health. The thing that I would not do, say you are, you know, normally eating 1500 calories and you feel like you want to lose body fat, don't all of a sudden cut down to a thousand calories. I would not have someone who is not pregnant do that. So it depends on the way that you are doing things, but if you, you know, cut back by 100, 150 calories a week to try to make sure that you are in a calorie deficit when you were eating a normal amount of calories before. If you just scale it back a tiny bit, you're working out, you are again just trying to clean up your diet if you're drinking pop and having processed foods, those kinds of things like get rid of that stuff first and, you know, if you already were eating a very balanced diet and working out, you know, don't be afraid to amp up the workouts and maybe, you know, try sticking to track your macros, really make sure you know what you're taking in. And if and when you find out you're pregnant, you know, give yourself a little bit of a grain of salt there. That is where, you know, I've done podcasts on that and I'm going to start doing some more pregnancy and postpartum podcasts as bonus episodes because I know that I love hearing other people's pregnancy and postpartum podcasts when I am in that stage, but I just don't like to do them as weekly content all the time because many of you it won't apply to right now when you're like, oh man, I can't listen this week because that doesn't apply to me at all. So I'll delve a little bit more into this, but my, again, overall take on this, and I talked to this person already directly, is that, you know, it is okay to try to lose fat while trying to get pregnant. And if you are doing it a safe way, if you're not crash dieting, doing like way over working out, doing hours of cardio, all of that stuff I would not promote to someone who is pregnant or not or trying to conceive or not. So do things what I consider the smart way, the right way. And again, a lot of that is relative. I have known people who, you know, got pregnant at a stage where they were overweight and actually lost weight 
throughout their pregnancy. And their provider, their doctor was totally all right with that. Was like, okay, great. Baby's measuring great. You know, that all this has to be in conjunction with, you know, under your medical advice because they're the ones measuring the baby growing. And believe me, your baby can grow regardless of, um, you know, how many calories you're taking in. I say this with, again, a grain of salt in the fact that, no, you cannot be super under eating, and I would never advise that. But in my experience, my three pregnancies, I, um, well, four even, I gain a quick 10 pounds right away. It's like I pee on that stick and I gain 10 pounds. I'm not even kidding. I think part of it's mental. And I always think it's funny because, you know, when I'm not pregnant, I'll have some beers, you know, a beer during the week and a beer on the weekends. Or you can, you girls know me. If you listen to a long time, I'll have a margarita on the weekends or something. So I always think I'm just going to lose five pounds like first trimester from just not having those extra calories. But that is not the case. I immediately gain 10 pounds. I think I usually feel really sick in the first trimester and I just eat a lot of bland carbs. I try to get protein in there and I will again share my tips on that kind of stuff in a coming episode. But I do gain 10 pounds like right away and then I super level out the rest of the time through my pregnancy. I know pregnancy weight gain is a really sensitive topic for a lot of ladies because a lot of women feel like, no, there's no way I couldn't have gained 60 pounds. There's no way that I could have done that without gaining 80 pounds or, you know, everybody's body is different. Okay, the recommendation is 25 to 35 pounds. So I'm just saying for, again, someone who is already a healthy body fat, healthy body weight, I have landed, almost all of my pregnancies have ended up right around 25 pounds. Um, they have, you know, varied a little bit. The first one, it's just funny because no matter where I start, I've started at different places with almost each of them, and I almost always end up at the same place by the last time. So my point being, I gain quickly, and then those last 10 weeks, that's usually when most people gain, I usually gain nothing if I usually stay right at the same weight or gain a pound or half a pound because I personally get so full eating in the last 10 weeks that I just feel stuffed whenever I try to eat anything. But my baby still grows is my point. My baby still reaches. My last baby was almost nine pounds. So believe me, my babies grow right on time, right on schedule. They're good without me, you know, factoring in, making sure I'm eating several hundred more calories than what I normally do. You know, just try to listen to your body and again, eat, focus on eating the good foods, whether you're trying to conceive or you are pregnant, focus on whole, clean, beautiful foods, getting out the other stuff, the processed foods, the sugar, and you'll be healthier all the way around and your baby for sure will be healthier all the way around as we heard in those articles. You're going to be a lot less at risk for some complications. So I'm going to end that one there today. Thank you so much to my two listeners and friends as for your questions. And please feel free to shoot yours to me at fitmomlifetothefullest at gmail.com. And go on over and check out all of the options that you have to work with me in the coming year. So very excited for that. All right, ladies, have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.